Show with Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. going on yeah i'm not sure all right it is the big show live from the warehouse 1825 south 300 west price is so low it'll blow your mind uh come on by and see us on a football friday coach mac alema harrington as well we'll get to more boom deals coming up but let's talk we talked about the byu quite a bit in the two o'clock hour let's move on and talk uh, a little utah football okay what a performance coach against usc boy I knew that if they started smashing those guys around, that the SC guys would quit, and they did. Yeah, they didn't come out in the no, second they, half, did no, they? No, they quit. Once you once you hit those guys in the mouth and let them know that they're not going to punk you around, then then they have a, a second thought about what they're doing. You know, you see them; they made a couple of plays, and they're all like this and doing this, and you know, up and down, and and then all of a sudden, that big running back. The guy, they run a blitz off the edge. The big running back put the guy right on his back, and I and you look right at the sideline after that. <laughs> I'm looking over there, and I and I see three or four of those of those uh, D linemen that are, that are not in the game right now, thinking, "Oh, did you see what just happened to <laughs> to, to Johnny Love?" <laughs> and and so, but if you just keep at those guys, they'll submit to you. Because the you know because you know we used to always call when I coached in that league we always called that school the school of the spoiled children you know and and uh, so you 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 just keep grinding at those guys and then sooner or later they're going to give in to you no matter how many stars they have you know because. Everybody's telling them how good they are all the time, and they're all five-star guys, and they all got this, you know, all these. Then all of a sudden, somebody's knocking them around a little bit. They they don't react. They don't react well to it. And then they're they're they play a lot of man coverage, and and so the, the, the Utah run a crossing route with a tight end, and the 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 the, the, the man-to-man DB he just lost sight of the of the crosser. I mean. I mean, the guy, he's sitting right on top of him. He's playing inside leverage. Then the guy just releases across his face, and he just kind of looks like this. And the guy just flies by him and um, throws to a wide-open guy. And then they gave the ball to that big tank guy, and he and decided to hold on to the ball. And he rolled for 100-and-some yards and, and, you know, knocked those guys around a little bit. And then I thought defensively, they did. They did a really good job because SC moved the ball, but when they got down in the in the red zone, not so good. Yeah. So it, it was definitely uh, Utah went in there for a purpose, and they had the, they had the right attitude, and they were and they were set from I think from the time they got off the bus till they got on the field. I mean they were they were mentally ready to go. And that was 
that 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 football team is what this Utah team can be. And and tomorrow night will be an interesting matchup because Arizona State is a good football team. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is, I'm going to try to be on the field before so I can watch Arizona State warm up, and I can tell whether they're ready or not. So hopefully it's going to be a cold night, be an 8 o'clock game. So if you're watching these guys warm up and they're always rubbing their arms and stuff, and they're looking like the receivers are dropping a few passes because they don't like the cold weather, you know they're done. When I was coaching at Wisconsin, it would be so cold. It was ridiculous. <laughs> and those teams would come in to play us, and you'd look over them and I'd say, these guys are done. They're yeah. going to be out of here before the third quarter. But So you kind of look at, look at the body language. And we'll see. We'll see where. See if Arizona State's ready to go. Yeah, I, I remember when I got here to uh, to Utah, growing up in Hawaii, and you hear you you would always hear people. Oh yeah, October. This is football weather. I'm like, this is not football weather. <laughs> yeah. But you're talking about these teams from the West Coast, and they end up in the Rockies, or they end up at Wisconsin yeah. or someplace where it is cold. And, and man, I, I'm telling you, my, my first few experiences playing in the cold weather, I was like, I don't like this at all. Your helmet gets so hard. The pads inside the helmet get so hard when you try to put it on your head, it, like, it, it, it hurts. And, and every hit hurts a little yeah. bit more. And, you know, if you're coming from, you know, accustomed to be playing in the, in the warm weather and you come play – just you know, in an outlier, in a just a one game where you jump up to the Rocky Mountains and you're going to play, man, it's it's tough. It's and then, tough to play like and that. And then if you're if if you you're really smart, you always pull a BYU and you make that locker room pretty warm. Yeah. You keep the heater up a little bit, you know. Oh yeah, we we got the we got a real comfortable for you. It's 89 degrees. <laughs> How come it's 89 degrees in the locker room? Well, the heater's busted, you know. So we were trying to control it, you know. And then you got to go around and open all the doors to make sure you don't because that's an old trick, you know. You, you go to play somebody in a cold country, all of a sudden you walk in the visitors locker room, it's about 90 degrees. <laughs> Sauna. And you're sweating, and then, and you say, what, what, "What's going on in here?" And then, yeah, well, I know what's going on in here. Yeah, so then you go out into that cold, yeah, and it just, punches you right in the yes, face. Yeah, does. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's really something. But I, I thought uh, Alema going into that game, we had talked about how they would respond after losing a teammate, Naren Lowe, and, yeah. and Coach alluded to it obviously. But the, they, they put all that energy into a positive place on the football yeah, field. Yeah, we, we talked a lot about, um, you know. Uh, when when you have situations like that, and on the football panel, Frank Dolce and and uh, and with Bradley, when we're talking about that that game coming up, and Frank mentioned this, you know, you you go through moments like that, but you're going through it with these. There, there's nobody would rather go through that. It's tough, but you're going through it with the guys that you love. These are your brothers, um, and you've been through some hard times, and and those things can galvanize you. Those things can bring you together. There's, you know, sometimes it's just a glance, you know, down down the line of scrimmage, and you look at to one of your your teammates, and there's just an an unspoken uh, commitment to each other, and I, that's what part of what I think we saw, 
and and they came together the way Utah did, the way that they are capable of playing. Yeah, I mean, we we all thought this at the oh, beginning yeah. of the season. Like this is what they could be, whether it was with Brewer or was going to be with Cam Rising. Right. Either way, that this is what this team could be. The strength of the tight ends that we saw against USC, and being able to exploit that to have you know three really capable uh, tight ends and running backs get, that can really uh, hammer the ball right. and then an offensive line that's getting healthy and then a defense that is just the Coach Whittingham, uh, you know, Morgan Scally defense. So I was pleased to see Utah play the way and, they and, did. And the one corner, the, uh, the third. Clark the, Phillips. Yeah, yeah, the third. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that kid can play football. Well, they went at him all night because of the guy he was but, uh, but he was a nasty kid. And he got after it. I mean, he he didn't back down from the from the challenge because that kid's a great receiver. Drake yeah, London, yeah, he's, yeah, he's amazing. a great receiver. And and that, that that's one guy. He plays every play. Yep. I mean, he's a, he's a tough he's a tough he's a tough guy, and a great player. You know, and but you know what? They don't have the quality of receivers that they've had in the past. Yeah, like said, him. They've yeah. got him, they've got London, but then everybody else is pretty everybody, average. Everybody else is just a guy. Yeah. Because they've always had, like if you go down on a field at a typical SC game and you watch, looking at the receivers, you see these tall guys with these long arms and with, you know. Everybody's Keyshawn Johnson down there. Yeah, right? I mean, they look I mean, they look a little scary because they look so good, you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, you go out there and you say, oh, my God. You know, I remember that one year we go back to play Michigan, and the guy from from uh, Notre Dame tells me, he said, hey, one thing you do, don't, don't look at them coming out of the locker room. <laughs> I, I, he said, because, he says they don't play like they look, but he said, when they come out of the locker room, you'll be impressed. <laughs> Tell you, USC has had some receivers over the oh, years. Oh, uh, hey, and right there, you know, I forget what school it is right there that has all the speed, but they get they get the majority yeah. of those guys, and those guys, and they just put out receiver after receiver after. And they, it's uh, man, I can't even think of the school right now, but it, it's a small Catholic school. Yeah. Well, with Arizona State coach, you ever come across Herm Edwards at all? You know, Herm Edwards is a Monterey guy, and he goes back to the to Herb Herb Lusk, who played for us at Long Beach. He was one of his running partners, you know, back in the day, which would be. When they were both in high school, you know, both Monterey High School guys, and and uh, but uh, no, I I don't I don't know him. I just know of him, you know, and that he had a great reputation in Monterey, and, and of course has had a great reputation throughout, you know. But uh, and you know, according to my sources, the NCA has a whole lot of stuff on them. Yeah, it uh, appears that way. Yeah, I mean, and. All legit, all legit stuff. Well, they had a whistleblower. They had somebody he he passed over for a promotion who well, ended yeah, up I, leaving, and then and I know the whistleblower. Oh yeah, yeah. But I'm you not are the say- insider coach. So, but I'm not saying. Yeah, and the uh, the whistle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The whistleblower turned over a lot. That's he what was, I hear. He was, hey, so there were either three or four guys that got fired last year. And then it went from there, but, yeah. 
Well, that that one's tough because you know during the pandemic we we had no idea what was going on. They put everything to a stop for a reason, and that supposedly was thinking of the safety of young people. And I mean, to violate that is a little bit. So, I don't know. So and you know what's coming. So with all these changes of the leagues, the NCAA is going to be not going to be right who they are today. Today, yeah, it's going to be everybody's going to run their own conference, and there's not going to be. At NCA as it is today. Well, and I with uh, name, image, and likeness too, where those rules are just going to be so easily circumvented that an enforcement wing I mean, honestly doesn't hey, make any sense. Everything's wide open. Yep, it is. Yeah, coach, and, and you told us this, you know that that you were aware of this years and years ago, yeah. and, and somebody told one of your guys told you and said, "Hey, that you watch the because the conference realignments are one of those things that happen." Once every 10 years or so, right? And then things settle in, then another realignment, settle it, realignment. And um, I, I think it was after the last realignment when the Big 12 changed right. and some, some teams uh, and, and the SEC expanded that you started, you know, people were, were looking at, like, this is the future. The future is yeah. no more NCAA. Exactly. That, and the, the statement that the gentleman made was, we're tired of the NCAA telling us what to do. Yeah, You know, that was his opening statement. Because everybody was relying on the NCAA to be this this governing, organizing body that was able to collect money and distribute it. Right. But now, if you can do that in your own conference, and then you don't have to worry about, you know, the the whether it's the compliance or the other things that, that, that are part of the NCAA – then, then, because in the end, it's about how much money are we going to make? <laughs> what, what, you know what? That, that, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it seems to be the bottom line for everybody, <laughs> which is, you know, you're talking about amateur sports and you're talking about, but it is. The, the bottom line is, okay, the cash cow is football. Yep. That's who, who brings in all the money, okay? So, you know, how, can you feed the cash cow to make that Cascal better, okay. We we can we can maybe we got to buy a quarterback. We got to buy a running back. We got to we got to buy maybe a couple of corners, you know. So the whole thing will be well. If I go to your school, what do I get? Well, it's a million bucks if you go to Ohio State or Alabama. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean yeah. that's what they're paying their starting quarterbacks now. Which is wild. And, and talking about the bottom line, they released the coaches' salary database from USA Today. And uh, Utah's Kyle Whittingham, the 16th highest paid coach in the country, making $5.2 million. Yeah, that's a pretty good paycheck. Yeah. Coach, you, you were the head coach at Utah really not that long ago in the grand scheme of things. And I am <laughs> guessing that you weren't anywhere near $5.2 million. Oh, come on, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but these, uh, these top guys, these top guys, Nick Saban, 9.7 at number one. Ed Ogeron, $9 million bucks. David Shaw, $8.9 million. And I tell you what. The, the word on the street that Ed or- Orgeron's gone. Yes, he is gone. Yeah. yeah well, see how fast that happens? <coughs> but they're, you know, LSU, that's that's kind of their tradition. Yeah. They win and then, <coughs> and then move on. Yeah, well, he's had some off-the-field stuff that hasn't really gone uh, his way. Right. I mean. Coach that, made $7 million a year, right? Well, he did. He's, he's picking up the tab. <laughs> well, at least he was worth it, right? That's right. Well, but I'll tell you game. what. You know, I'm, 
I'm I'm very content, you know, with 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 where we where we are as a family. Good. And my wife was really good at you know every penny we ever had, she put in retirement, and so she and she was very smart with. She bought and sold houses and did different things, but so and and she had control of all the money, all the money, and she did a great job with it. And, and uh, isn't that isn't that Coach Witt's rep too that he puts puts away every penny? Coach Witt has never spent <laughs> everything. He is the cheapest guy. You ever <laughs> Even, yeah, you've met Hans Olsen though, right? So well, Hans, Hans is right there with him. Yeah, I I remember when I was driving out to that that one deal, and I stopped at 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 a, a carpet place over there to find out how you get to the address. And the guy had just put in Hans's carpet. Oh yeah, you're going out to yeah. He says, yeah, I just did Hans's carpet. And the guy said, cheapest guy I've ever. Been. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then when he told me the thing about the pants, I would never admit that to anybody. No, no. <laughs> you go down, try on a nice pair of pants. Yeah. You wear it to whatever function it yeah, is. Take it you, back. You don't. You don't take the the, the what you call it off the the tags. The tag. Yeah. Okay. Then you take it back the next day. Says, "Hey, <laughs> didn't fit." <laughs> That's what he well, does, isn't that what? Isn't that what I saw? I saw you last night, wasn't it? That you had our pants on. <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, that's also why Hans and the rest of the staff, for that matter, shops here at the warehouse. We'll get into more football coming up, but uh, we're here, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West. Uh, we have jazz gear to give away, of course, and our friend Tom is with us. Tom is back, and the deals have never been better. What is it, the boom of all booms today? The boom of all booms. The boom of we've all already, booms. We've we gotta, already. We got to go back to coaching the, the the BYU. So he's talking about USC and Kalani. Kalani's not going there, Coach. But I have a new rumor. Okay, what is it? Coach is going to become the BYU insider. Yeah, from cool. now on. He knew Jaron Hall was going to play. Yeah, well, I could slide in there. Yeah. He talked to the head yeah. coach. And, hey, and we, what's this business about BYU in the Big 12? We beat Texas the last two times we beat him. We beat Oklahoma the last time we played him. <laughs> BYU's already better than the Big 12, right, coach? They're probably beyond it, yeah. There you go. <laughs> They'll compete, <laughs> The right? insider said it right here at the warehouse. Hey, Boom. You got to, hey, you know what, and... Let me tell you, they got some really good commitments already. Yeah. Ben Moa's kid, yeah. decommitted. He had a great game last night, yeah. by the way. From Weber, playing up at Weber. Weber, yeah. He had like five sacks yeah. and something else. And so he was originally going to go on his mission, and then he changed his mind. that He's not going to go on a mission, and Utah couldn't honor the scholarship because he didn't have a number, I don't think. Yeah. And But so – so they decommitted, and then BYU's been there all along. And uh, Ben, in fact, Ben, his dad, called me right away. Said we we're we're going to BYU. What do you think about that? You know, because he wanted to feel me out, right? I said it's all right with me. I like the head coach, and I like what they're doing. So I said, I said God bless him, you know. And, uh, and you get along well with. Tom Homo too, don't you, Coach? I know Tom Homo. Yeah, I think yeah, I think we're all right. I the guy I got along with good was the was uh, what's his name? The guy was there, and he was a wheeler and dealer, but a good guy. Uh, 
The uh, athletic director, long, Rondo? Oh, yep. Yeah, Rondo. Yeah. Rondo? Yeah. Rondo's great. Rondo, Rondo used to call the Utah, University of Utah, the devil's school. He said, <laughs> oh, you don't want to go to the devil's school. <laughs> I, said, I said, Rondo, where do you get that kind of talk? Well, yeah, you guys drink and smoke and all that stuff over there. I said, so do your guys. <laughs> <laughs> Except they go to Park City to do it. <laughs> Coach, you're not being straight now. Come on. You're the insider. I didn't want to upset you today, Tom. Jeez. I got to sleep tonight, Coach. <laughs> I ruined Tom's day. I'm, I take it back. <laughs> Okay, we're going to do the coach and the lemma and Jake Boom of all booms to get off that subject. Yeah, let's do it. That subject stinks. <laughs> okay, well, let's, hey, let's, go, let's, let's go to another subject. Let's boom out some furniture. Do you know why you don't drink too much, Jake? Because you throw up and that stinks. It does. That yeah. is true. That is true. So that would never Not happen a pleasant to you. <laughs> well. Okay, coach. Okay. We're going to do the boom of all at, booms. Hey, look at the girl has that Utah mask on. He's looking good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We are we are going to do the the headboards. 200 to $250 headboards. Kings and queens. We've got a stack okay. of them. How about 25 bucks, coach? Uh, hey, I'll tell you what. That's a great deal. That is a great deal. What is that one tenth the price? Hey, yeah, maybe, that's ninety percent off. Hey, maybe I'll buy all the headboards and go stand outside yeah, and yeah. sell them on the street for fifty. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, double your money, coach. Yeah, yeah. yeah, put one of those things on my chest. Yeah, for sale headboards. Yeah, yeah, these are best. Yeah, headboards. coach, I'll hire you for the corner. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the sign. like that. The sign. And yeah, like you'd be I a good twi- sign twister. And have a twirly on. Yeah, have a twirly on. Be flipping and say, "Hey, there's some old guy over." <laughs> You're and not an old coach. And they're probably then they call the cops and say, "Hey, where'd you get these headboards?" <laughs> you know, thinking I stole them. No, I bought them. Yeah. I bought them from Tom. You show I the receipt. I tried for Tom from a boom deal. <laughs> the boom of all boom deals. <laughs> How about we do one more quick one? I know we're out of time, Jake. We're gonna do the the Clayton sectional. This is custom furniture. We've got some build up. If you need one tomorrow, I think there's four of them here. We've got left hand and right hand chases. And if you want a custom one where you pick your own fabric, come on down and we'll get it built two to three weeks. Instead of twenty nine hundred bucks, twelve ninety nine, coach. Woo! Wow. That's, Boom. That's, that's Boom. custom furniture. Hey, that's that's more than beautiful. Yeah. Hey, that's more than fifty percent off. Yeah. It's a good deal. And a Utah company, we love that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Local. That's a big deal. I'll tell you what, we need to you know, stop buying from China. Yeah, support local. Support, support local. local yeah. yep. And family businesses like the warehouse. Yes, absolutely. We, we not only need, we appreciate this support. It's been a very rough year for the Curl family. So thank you. We love you guys. Uh, you're, you're the best. I'm going to leave shortly, Coach. Where are you going? You, I, maybe if, you I don't, if I don't check out, I'll pass out. Okay, well, don't pass out. Yeah, we don't want that. <laughs> no way. I'm good for about an hour. Okay, I haven't, I haven't got that that um, 
I think my what you call well, it. Well, maybe I should pass out. Now they could give me mouth to mouth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's like something out of the Sandlot. Right oh, help. Take advantage of Tom being back. The best deals ever. 1825 South, 300 West. More football Friday hey, next. I'll tell you what. This is he's this guy is the best I guy. I know there he's is. the best man. It's so good to see him. All right, more next time. Hey. Five and twelve eighty the hey. zone. This is DJ and PK. Eric Walden, jazz beat writer for the Salt Lake Tribune. Jazz had a great season last year, and it sucked the way it ended for jazz fans, obviously. But they were still a great team. On paper, I think they're better. Fair or foul? I agree with that. I do feel like on paper, they've addressed a lot of the issues that really hurt them in that Clippers series. Theoretically, the jazz are a lot deeper. They're a little more matchup proof. I think if we're saying, what's the ideal version of this team? They're probably missing another lengthy wing capable of defending and switching and hitting some threes, but those guys don't grow on trees. They should be good. They should be improved. They should be capable of winning or at least competing for a championship this year. So I'm really interested to see how it goes. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Jake Scott with you, Coach Mac, Alema Harrington as well on a football Friday, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Uh, Coach, let me ask you a quick question. We don't need to dwell on this, but uh, Utah State, UNLV, uh, you can hear the uh, the game on the station. Scotty G, of right. course, on the call. Right. Why can't UNLV get up off the mat? There's well, there, I, there's I would, a ton of money down there. It's beautiful. They've got a new stadium. What's what's the deal with the Rebels? Why do they okay, always? Okay, so think? Chad Chad Cahal uh-huh. was up last week. You know, he's our D line coach, and um, so we talked. You know, just about where they are, where they where they where they need to be, and. and uh, you know, he just feels they're maybe a year away to where they can really compete. I guess you know in the in the conference, and uh, so their personnel is not is probably not good enough in the on the defensive side. Or and T.J. Woods is the offensive line coach now, and and Chad's the D line coach. So both of those guys have considerable work to do in, in, in both at both areas you know uh, so um, so they they uh, the whole thing's going to be in 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 recruiting and getting the getting the kind of guys that they need in there and you know you know UNLV's never had a problem getting skilled players it's always been Really good linebackers, good D linemen, good offensive linemen. Usually they have good running backs. They usually have good wideouts. They usually have good DBs. And you know, actually, in 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 uh, in the Las Vegas Reno area, there's a lot of good players. Right, there are. But, yeah, but Utah's of, gotten a lot of good players yeah, out of there. But they all have a tendency to leave because they want out of Vegas, you know. And then kind of 
when you're rec- recruiting to Vegas, the negative thing is, well, I don't want my kid around that environment. Around Sin City. Yeah. I mean, that's the one. Anybody recruits against them, well, that's what they use. Why would you send your kid to Las Vegas to go to school? You know, it's it's not, they would say, well, it's not a good academic school. It's not a good environment for your kid. It's, you know, uh, so it's, it's, those are things that everybody that recruits against them would use. So. I just wonder, because they've got, I mean, they've got more money than God down there. You know, the Sheldon Adelsons right. of the world. And I, I always wonder, I mean, John Robinson went talent. there and couldn't win. John Robinson is a legend. You know, I thought Mike Sanford would do well yeah. down there, and he did not. They hired the guy from Bishop Gorman. I thought that was brilliant, right? Because they produce so many great players that go somewhere but, else. I but, thought, they'll keep them home. Yeah. But that doesn't, just because you hired the guy from Bishop Gorman, your guy was like a fish out of water. Right. He didn't know what he was doing. No. I mean. But they, so, sometimes it's just like how do you get the players to stay stay home? You yeah. know, Hawaii was had that problem at different times. Well, yeah. Where all of the, of the players, they wanted to get off the rock. They wanted to get off the island. But then. Uh, June Jones, June was, Jones started, good, uh, you know, he, he did a and good, Dick Tommy did a good job with that too. But Dick, Dick Tommy was, Dick Tommy was great with the local people. Yeah, but you got to convince kids in Las Vegas because there's a lot of great schools right. there in Reno. The kids in Nevada, you got to convince them to stay. Yeah, and that was that was always uh, one of Tommy's deal when I was in Arizona. We, you know, we would recruit the state of Arizona hard. Yeah. And want to keep the kids there. It's like when I came here to Utah as a head coach. You know, Utah was our first priority. The the missionaries were a priority. You know, get get the best. And at that time, because BYU had won a national championship, they started being more you know uh, countrywide a little bit because they. And so they started thinking, well, if we these local kids, we can go back and get them when we need them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, and the same thing with the with the islands, they right. got a little bit complacent over there because they had the same attitude that we can we can get we can go there and get them when we want them. But we would just outwork them basically, and we would we would we were able to steal kids. That were good players, and I see the same thing in reverse right now. Yeah. So BYU is getting some really good local talent that are comparable to anybody you would recruit out of state, and and Utah has got a different philosophy in their recruiting. They're they're going to maybe recruit the top three or four kids. Yeah. In the state of Utah, and then they're going to go to Texas and get this group, these group, and. And California, and California, get another group, and and so they've broadened their spectrum. But BYU is really smart because what they're doing is they're going to get the best local kids. They're going to continue with 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 uh, with the missionary program, and and then their their quality is going to keep getting a little better and a little better because you know you know it's kind of like. When you get married, there's already somebody out there that looks a little better to you. When you got the when you got the real class person right here, and what who cares more about your school than somebody that's the local kid? Yeah, right. And who cares more more about 
winning football because you have a loyalty to the school. So if you come from outside, you don't necessarily have a loyalty to the University of Utah. Yeah. Because you don't know anything about it. You don't know the history of the school. And and so it, it bodes a lot to where your kids understand the importance of what your school stands for, the fact your aunt, aunt and uncle went to school there, the fact that, you know, your body of work really counts, and that all your family comes to watch you play. Right. So... So yeah, so now that you know, it's kind of in a, it's kind of a reversal of what it was forty years ago or right. thirty-five years ago, and and because um, at one time, all BYU had to do was with the local kids is after they were done with the recruiting, then they go back and say, well, we're going to go ahead and take this kid, this kid, this kid, and this kid. You know, it doesn't matter how hard you recruit them, if they walked into the house and said, yeah, yeah. Uh, they'd automatically go. Right. But then it changed, and then all of a sudden they would come in, and 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 the kids' parents would say, "Well, he's already committed to Utah." Well, he doesn't have to go. Well, no, that's our word. That's what we're going to do. Hmm. So then it changed. Yep. And and it took you know, took a big circle. But it's uh. Well, it affected him a couple times at the quarterback position, where they had a couple of good quarterbacks. Right well, I tell you what, when when the Wilson kid was at in high school, he was a no-brainer. When the Dart kid was in high school, he's a no-brainer. Yeah, and yeah. both both of those families strong ties to the university. Absolutely, and, right? Legacy, well, kids. legacy guys, right? right. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and so you just and I mean. When I watched the Dart kid play uh, up at Roy, then watched him again at Corner Canyon, they, and and it was just I'm watching him. I'm saying, if there's a better guy than this guy, who in is the he? country? In the country, right? In the country, I said, who is he? Because it's, he he wasn't hard. Usually, guys are quarterbacks are hard to evaluate sometimes because you got to you know to to you you can hit and miss on those guys, but this guy had all the qualities. He he could, hey, curl family, take good care of my man. Bye bye. Hey, you're a blessing. Thank you, Tom, for coming hey, today. Hey. Thank you very much. We will. Yeah, absolutely. We will. Thank you very much. Uh, Bye, Tom. We're, we're live here at the warehouse, 1825 South and 300 West. And Tom was dropping by the show. And so uh, he and Nanette are, are headed out. So appreciate uh, big time to them for coming. You were, you were saying, Coach, we were talking about Jackson Dart. Oh, yeah. Well, so, uh, and then the, the the recruiting guy from SC was at the game, right? And, and he was like, he was he was almost... Losing his his <laughs> mind because he was he he was watching this guy. He said, "This guy's this guy is unbelievable." You know, he couldn't run to it. He couldn't get on his cell phone fast enough. Say, "Hey, this is the guy." You know, and because the kid was there was no question toughness, throw, uh, ability to run, ability to make plays, yeah. leadership, the whole the whole gambit. The kid had it all. His his taste in sports radio shows to join, you know, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, right. He was right here at the warehouse. He, was here he at came the warehouse. here. He and his dad came down. Yeah. Yeah. Him and his dad when he came recorded. by. And, 
And boy, was he good. It, it's too bad he had that injury that's keeping him uh, keeping him out because, yeah. boy, was he good when he had his opportunity to play. Yeah. So it's interesting, though, the, the local recruiting. And, you, you know, to bring it full circle, that's that's probably if you're going to be the next head coach at UNLV, keep those guys home. Yeah. You know, you got to figure out a way because there's enough right. talent in the state that you could be successful if you kept guys home. And the same thing, whether you're talking about BYU and Utah, trying to trying to yeah. trying to win that battle here. There's enough. Top, you still have to go out of the state, but there's still plenty of let, good talent here. So let's say let's say let's say uh, um, there was five or six blue chip players in in the state of Nevada. Yeah, and UNLE gets all five. Now all of a sudden, all those other kids are saying, "Well, you know, let's go." Yeah. But let's say then those top five are all going, you know, Washington, Washington State, Utah, whatever, and then everybody said, "Well, all these good players are leaving. Why? Why would we not leave?" Yeah. And if you can get those good guys like you're talking about, they're going to bring a couple four star guys with them. You know, you know, and a three-star it, guy with it, them that can be developed. And the funny thing is, Reno might have the best team in in the Western Athletic Conference yeah. this year. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, Reno is very good. I mean, they got they're, they're wide. They got a couple of wideouts that can flat out play. That they they got two running backs that are really good. Quarterback is a good player. I mean, they're they're a very solid football team. I think they beat Cal, right? Yeah. They did. Yes, they did. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad for Wilcox because, you know, he's a really good football coach, but it doesn't look, I mean. It doesn't look good. Not right now. It doesn't look good. And he's got his quarterback, too, and still it doesn't look good. The best player out of my recruiting class at BYU was from Reno, Nevada, Trevor Molini. Oh, yeah, Trevor Trevor Molini. Kyle Van Noy is from Reno, isn't he? Kyle Van Noy is a Reno kid, right? Uh, um, And uh, so they, they got great talent there. Um, and you just got again. You got to find ways to convince these kids to stay home and play for their team, play, let, so your parents can come watch you play. You know, you know all the different things that that you have to find ways to to leverage that to get the kid to stay, and especially hard when your team is not very good because you're telling them, well, we're gonna, we're we, we're going to build this with you, and you're going to be part of something special. And 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 it's that that's hard because they want to go someplace already established. They want to go to the Oregon's of the world and and have ten different helmets in in, this, in you know the course of their career there that they'll take all of them with them you know to to whatever business they go to the NFL whatever happens. One you thing know. one thing that's maybe important here is if you go like for instance. Let's say I'm from Utah and I go to Utah or go to BYU. Yeah. There's a good chance you get your degree, you're going to have a great job. Yep. And you're going to have a, a good future because people know you. Yep. And they know your background. And so when you apply for a job, you know, you're going to have kind of a, a heads up on getting it. Let's say you go, let's say you go to Colorado. Okay. Now, are you going to? Are you going to make your living in Colorado, or are you going to come back to Utah? Yeah. So let's say you graduate in business finance from Colorado. You come back, and you're interviewing in Utah, and there's a University of Utah graduate, 
a BYU graduate and a Colorado graduate, so which one are you going to hire? Yeah. I'm going to either take the guy from BYU or the guy from Utah. Yeah. And even if it comes down to, you know, if it comes down to say they're all even, it's like, well, you know, but I got so-and-so from the community that is saying, hey, this is, this is the guy. Exactly. Right? Because what you, what you develop is those relationships in the community, the alumni, whether it's Utah or BYU, um, Utah State, same thing, right, that, that are going to – they have your best interest in mind, too. They want, hey, we want this kid to succeed and, you know, hire this kid. Um, yeah, so one of my really good friends was way high up with Procter & Gamble, yeah. right? And he always came to Utah to hire. I said, well, why do you come to Utah to hire? Because of the family situation, because the kids are co- are competitive, and they understand work ethic. And so, so they loved, Procter & Gamble loved to recruit you know, people from Utah, yeah, from mm-hmm. Utah because they're work. Yep, they understand they have a work ethic and they understand what they have to do to to make a living. And uh, got to sell that to recruits to stay. Yeah. All right. Stay tuned. We'll have more next from the warehouse, eighteen twenty five South, three hundred West. It's football Friday. Coach Mac, Alema Harrington, Jake Scott, ninety seven five and twelve eighty. The Zone. Ready, 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 ready. <laughs> It's game week for the Utes, and the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. The Utes return to Rice-Eccles Stadium for a big Pac-12 showdown against Arizona State as the Utes hope to keep their dreams of a Pac-12 title alive. Listen all week for your chance to win tickets to the game and then catch the Ute pregame show Saturday at 7 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of youth football. You ready? Yeah! The 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's getting to the point where I'm no Football Friday on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Coach Mack, Alema Harrington, Jake Scott with you live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Uh, a final segment with you guys. Let's start with you, Alema. How many of the three local teams win this weekend? Well, I think, uh, excuse me, I think everybody wins this weekend. 3-0. Oh. I think this is a, a uh, state sweep. That everybody, uh, you know, is victorious. And, you know, starting with uh, with the University of Utah, this is a big game for them. You know, uh, Arizona State is, is, you know, with a lack of really some sort of heads and shoulders above everybody type of team in, 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 in the Pac-12, this is one of those teams that is up there. So you got to beat them. And I think that they're coming off a game where they showed what they're capable of, and they come out and they do it again. For BYU, they're coming uh, off of a game where they showed what they're capable of when they don't focus, and they've got to come out and um, and prove that that they're capable of winning games. 
and and winning big games. And and my Baylor game is a big game because it's the the Big Twelve. Yeah, it's a big game. Regardless, yeah. it's a good team. And then I, I think for Utah State. Um, you know, you don't look past UNLV, it, it, and I don't know that if you're Utah State, you're looking past anybody. And so you 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 come out and you play the way that you're capable of playing, the way that you showed that you were capable of playing the first three games of the season, and you play like that. And I think that that everybody wins. I think it's a, a clean sweep for the for the state. Well, I'll tell you what, that would be big wins for both Utah and BYU if that's the case. Uh, you three and zero, coach. What do you think the local teams? Well, I'm gonna. I'm going to hold back. Um, I'm not going to hold back on on the BYU prediction because I think the BYU is going to win, and I think Utah State is going to win. Yep. Uh, I'm going to wait till I watch Arizona State warm up and see where their minds are, and and I think you, you could you could predict a lot off of what you see, kind of when they're warming up to see where their heads are, and see. You know, I know Utah will be ready to play. Uh, so I'll be interested to see whether Arizona State could stand, can stand up to, to, you know, physically to, uh, to to Utah. And so we'll know early. But to me, I think that's a toss-up game. Yeah. Frank Dolce said the same thing, which surprised me. Frank, you know, on our football panel, he always, you know, he always picks the U's, rarely picks the BYU. Uh, a lot of times he'll pick the Kalani Sataki instead of picking BYU, which is the same thing, picking BYU. But he felt like BYU wins, Utah State wins, Utah-Arizona State, close game. Yeah. Close game. And I think it'll just depend where Arizona's head is early. You know, in yeah. other words, if they're kind of – if you see them dropping some balls and and losing a little concentration on things – then I think that they're they're not good enough to make up the the difference. Yeah, if you're Utah, you got to talk smack during warm warm ups and tell them, hey, be careful, don't don't uh, don't pull your hamstring because it's cold out here. Yeah, and let them know, like, don't run too fast. You're gonna pull your hamstring. <laughs> it's chilly. Yeah, get you're not them, used get, to it. Get, get them thinking about that kind of stuff. I remember the guy. <laughs> We're going in to, in to play Michigan State. I think I told this story before. And it is freezing, right? And some reporter comes up to me and he says, this is really cold. You guys are really going to have a tough time with this. I said, it's 25 degrees colder in Wisconsin than this is Michigan State. I said to these guys, it's like a summer day. And the guy looked at me like I was crazy. You know, and they all they all come out in short sleeves, you know, the players. Yeah, right. They're warming up and it's just like it's like nothing. Hey, beautiful day here, coach. <laughs> Madison is cold. Madison oh, is oh, cold. Cold. Is yeah. that the word? Cold. All right. I used to make I used to make the GA guy pick me up on my front lawn. <laughs> <laughs> he said, I'll pick you up, Coach. I said, drive right up on the lawn, put your car right in front of the door, and honk, and I'll be out. <laughs> All right, we are here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Clayton is jumping on with us. Clayton, it was good to see your dad today. Hey, I heard he did a pretty good job. He was great. He was great. <laughs> it's always good to have uh, big T kids, Tom Curl, back on the show. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt about yes, it. Yes, sir. I tell you what, he was awesome. He was. And he was giving out great deals just like the good old days. It was great. Hey, well, listen, I, I know that a lot of people on the show, um, 
know that I have a little brother. His name's Christopher. A lot of people on the show might not know that I have two sisters. But obviously, I think everyone knows that I'm the favorite child. And that's, uh, that's why we have a sectional named after me, actually. We have the Clayton sectional. It's no secret that, uh, you know, favorite is the best also. So on this signature sectional, we have, uh, it's funny because <laughs> these sectionals are made in Utah. And uh, they're 10 feet by 9 feet. And you can get them either right-hand facing or left-hand facing. What does that mean? That means you can have the chase where your feet clip, uh, pop up either on the left-hand side or the right-hand side. We have seven different fabrics in stock right now. Um, it's been a crazy year uh, dealing with, I remember the beginning of the year, like people were lining up, filling up gas, like grocery room, grocery uh what's it called, sacks with, with gas in Florida. It's been crazy to get inventory. If you've been in the, if you've been in the market for uh, shopping for furniture, you know that some stores ask you to wait 60 weeks, 18 weeks, best scenario, 12 weeks. We have them in stock right now. I have seven different fabrics come in this sectional. The best part about it, like I always say, being built in Utah is if you just come in and feel it, feel the sectional compared to the ones that are made overseas in China or Taiwan or wherever, the wood is almost twice as thick in the back. And the pillows, the cushions are reversible. Let's say there's an accident. Your pet has an accident. Your child has an accident. You don't really want to buy a new cushion, which you could because they're built in Utah. Call us up. We'll help you replace the cushion. No problem. Or just flip it over. The best part they're really, really made really well, high quality. Normally, they're fifteen ninety nine. We buy them by the batch. We buy them fifteen deep, so I can sell them at twelve ninety nine. That's a seventeen, almost seventeen hundred dollars sectional for thirteen hundred bucks. Only at the Salt Lake location. I got these Clayton sectionals. We have seven in stock. Come in before they're gone. We're, we'll have this deal through Monday. Again, normally $15.99, this weekend only. Boom. Boom. Thank you, Clayton. 1825 South, 300 West, The Warehouse. Our friend Tim Lacombe joins the show. Coming up next, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone.